0: Thank you, Jerry. And thank you for that excellent song leading. That's great. Well, Happy New Year to you. A little bit late, but Happy New Year to everyone. We're in 2021 now. It's no longer 2020. Aren't we glad about that? Let's begin with prayer. (laughs) Holy God, we come before you today to thank you that you have brought us to this point in this time. We thank you, Father, that you have carried us through a very difficult year. And now as we begin this very first Lord's Day in this new year, we pray that we may renew ourselves, be renewed and rededicate ourselves, that this year we will give of our very best to our Master. Our Father, we pray for today and we pray for every day of this year. We pray, Father, for this virus that has been such a terrible disaster across not only this country, but the world. And we pray, Father, that this may be brought under control soon this year. We thank you for the vaccinations that are being made available. And we pray, Father, for, uh, for better days. We pray now for this congregation. We pray, Father, that 2021 will hold for us and for your glory uh, better days. Now we pray that you will forgive us of our sins. Open our hearts to your word. Open our hearts to what you would have us to be. And Father, today we dedicate ourselves and commit ourselves to seeking to be what you would have us to be individually and as a congregation. And may present this petition and these thanksgivings and these requests to you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> when I began the first grade in school, there was no such thing as kindergarten in our area. So the very first thing we had to do is to learn the alphabet. And I well remember this blackboard. We had blackboards in those days. And the teacher had written out all the letters of the alphabet, both in the capital letters and in the small case letters. And so there this was before us. The job that we had first of all then was to learn the ABCs. How important it is to know the ABCs because it is by them that we form words, and it is by them that we form sentences, and it is by them that we form thought. They are basic to all that we are about. So, what about the Christian life? What about our serving the Lord? What is basic? Knowing the basics in the Christian life I think is very, very important for us because about all that we do and all that we say and all that we accomplish will be based upon those basics. And what are the basics? You saw there in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, the last part of the last verse in the reading this morning, that Paul identified faith, hope, and love. He said these three and he said, this, these are what really abide. Faith, hope, and love. These are qualities that are more than just something to be admired. Certainly we may admire them. But it is more important to see that these are qualities that are to be implemented in our Christian life. As a matter of fact, some people call these Christian disciplines. There are other Christian disciplines but these are basic Christian disciplines. And so, as we think about these three, the task before us today, the challenge before us today, is to commit ourselves to these basics every day, throughout this year, individually and as a congregation. Three basics. Now, Paul said these three And when we find something one time, that's important. But if we find it repeated, we need to give attention to it. Not only does Paul bring this out in the church at Corinth, but he also does it with other congregations as well. For example, in the church at Corinth, we have immaturity. I mean, they had bailed up immaturity. This is the most immature congregation in the New Testament. And Paul says what is needed In that immature atmosphere is faith and hope and love. But there are other settings also in which this is emphasized. For example, when he wrote to the churches of Galatia, there were those who were binding things upon individuals that are not a part of the gospel. And they were saying, unless you submit to these, you can't be saved. They were legalistic. Legalism is binding something upon an individual for salvation that is not a part of the Word of God. And so Paul wrote to the churches of Galatia, and he reminded them that here is what really abides, faith, hope, and love. He said it is the hope of righteousness, and it is faith working through love that really counts. So the legalistically minded individual needs to remember the significance of these basics. When he wrote to the church at Colossae, there were some who were quite elitist in their attitudes. They thought that they were cut above everybody else in their relationship with God. Elitism, the idea of being more significant and more important and having a better, a greater understanding, a greater knowledge than the mere peons like the rest of us might have. But Paul said, look, the important thing for you to understand is faith in Jesus Christ, love for one another, and focus upon your hope laid up in heaven. Immature people need to learn the importance of faith, hope, and love. Legalistically minded people need to learn the importance of faith, hope, and love. Elitist people need to learn the importance of faith, hope, and love. When he wrote to the church at Thessalonica, he wrote to a congregation that was disturbed. And when we think about what we hear in our own time so much about end times, you've heard end times over and over. You have all kinds of programs that are laid out here, rapture and all that sort of thing, and the time of tribulation. You hear this over and over and over again, so people get disturbed and get mixed up on this. When Paul wrote, he laid it out very simply, Jesus will come again, he will raise the dead, and we will be brought, after the judgment, we will be brought to our eternal destiny. But when he wrote to Thessalonica disturbed about that, he said you need to remember the importance of faith, the work of faith, the labor of love, and be steadfast in your hope that is laid up in Jesus Christ. So, The various churches of the New Testament were urged, make this what really identifies you, faith and hope and love. And so I say today, to us in the congregation at Carrollton, in 2021, let's commit ourselves to being a faithful congregation that is true to the basics, the basics being faith and hope and love. May these prevail. May they prevail in my life. May they prevail in your life. May they prevail as a congregation, that this is a congregation where faith is engendered and strengthened, where love is demonstrated in our care for one another, and where hope brings us through the difficult times that we might face. These three, let's think about them for just a few moments. What do you mean when he's talking about faith? When we, when we look to what faith is, there's these basic aspects that we need to be keeping in mind. Faith is first the understanding and uh, the recognition that something is. It's accepting the fact that something is. That's the way the writer to Hebrews puts it when he talks about faith. It is uh, the assurance that God is. But there is more than just saying, well, I believe that God is. I believe that. The important thing about faith is it is believing in. It is trust. It is confidence. And the great example that is held out in the New Testament, even though he was a man of the Old Testament, is Abraham. And Paul says of Abraham, that Abraham was convinced, notice that, convinced, that what God had promised, God would do. Faith is confidence. Faith is trust. And so, what is important for each of us, is to put our trust, and our confidence in God. Jesus said, unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. But He urged us to put our trust and our confidence in Him. So faith, yes, it recognizes God is, but it goes beyond that. It says, I can rely on God. I can put my trust in God. Trust, confidence, commitment. These show what faith is. Faith involves growth. Paul could write to the Thessalonians again, and speak of the way that your faith is increasing, it is growing. And sometimes we call that faithfulness, faith. So, God's people walk by faith. You remember that passage? We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith. But along with this, Paul urges that we recognize that we respond in love. Now, faith, hope, and love is the way it's listed in 1 Corinthians. The same three are mentioned in other passages, not always in the same order. But that doesn't make any difference. So we look now at the emphasis upon love. And we begin there first with this. God is love. Behold the goodness and the severity of God. God is the God of justice as well. These are not contrary to one another but God is love. Four times in the New Testament, something is said about what God is. John 4, God is spirit. 1 John 1, God is light. Here in 1 John 4, God is love. And we love because He first loved us. And so the admonition is given to us, let your love Be genuine. Now, how is love really genuine? Let your love be genuine. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So we are ready to hear what the Lord has to say as we respond in our love to him. We are certainly the beneficiaries of the love of God. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So it is through God's love that has been shown to us that we know that God is love and that we respond in love. Now, what we find in the New Testament is this, the practical application of that that the love that we have for God shows itself in the way we love one another. So over and over in the New Testament, the emphasis is made upon loving one another. Love shows itself, for example, in the congregation, when we consider ourselves to be that uh, Body that is described by Paul. Paul says the church is the body. The body is the church. And in the body, he speaks of different members. Does this several times, especially in 1 Corinthians 12. There are different members in the body. And he says the members care for one another. That's brotherly love. That's loving God. Loving one another. Caring for one another. He describes the church as a family and in that family he urges that we love one another with brotherly affection in Romans 12 brotherly affection the term that Paul uses there for brotherly affection is really the idea of family love what should characterize the nature of the love in the local congregation Family love. What do you care? uh, What do you think about your family? How is your reaction toward? What is your attitude toward your family? You want the best for your family. You try to give the best to your family. And so Paul urges that in the church, in the body of Christ, in the family of God, that we respond to one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord loving one another now by faith hope and love these three we see that as as children of the lord that we walk by faith we see that as children of the lord we respond in love now i want you to see that third one that paul stresses God's people extend their faith toward the future, toward what lies ahead in hope. In reality, faith and hope are interlocked with each other. Faith has to do with where we are right now. But hope anticipates. Hope looks to the future. So Paul says that hope does not put us to shame. So Because of the hope that we have, we have motivation, we have reason to move forward today. It is because of the anticipation, the expectation that we have through Jesus Christ that we respond in loving obedience to the Lord day by day. Now, hope couples desire with expectation. seemed like I heard somewhere that in regard to hope, that hope has only positive expectations. You heard that, haven't you? Hope has only positive expectations. Now, this hope that we have as Christians, as members of this body, of members of this congregation, this is a hope that anticipates what lies ahead. Paul says that the suffering, the burdens of the present time, are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed. That is what our hope is, the glory that will be revealed. Two things I want to say about the nature of hope that are mentioned here before us. First of all, hope is the object that draws forth a response on our part. We, We hope in God. Our hope is in God, as the psalmist says. Our hope is laid up for us in heaven. But that hope is something that keeps us working as a positive force now. So, from the standpoint of of, of the action, it is hope now. From the standpoint of how the uh, the word is used in the future, it is that for which we hope. And that for which do we hope. Paul says, I am in the hope of eternal life which God, who cannot lie, has promised before time's eternal. So, hope. Now, we look back over 2020, and it has been, I think all of us admit, a difficult year. But we can't define our time and what we're about just by identifying our difficulties. What we've got to do is remember that we serve a living God, an eternal God. And this is not the final answer that we are experiencing now. And that hope that we have is what carries us on through the difficulties of this time and sees the star that is shining out there beyond the clouds. So Paul would remind us that we have this hope, which we do not presently see, if we already saw it, we wouldn't be hoping for it. One of the thoughts that I want to share with you this morning. How does hope impact us? Now, day by day. Leave, let this thought stay with you. Everyone who has this hope in him or her purifies himself or her, herself as he is pure. Hope calls upon us to live lives of purity, and sanctification now. Now abide faith, hope, and love. What would you like to be the basic characteristic of the Carrollton congregation? I'd like for us to be a congregation where faith is really engendered and strengthened, as we've stressed. Where love Prevails in our relationships with one another, and where hope brightens every day, even if there are clouds in the day. One other thought in that regard: think for a moment negatively. We don't like to be negatives, uh, be negative, but think for a moment about the negatives. When you think about all that is negative, you can basically sum it up in doubt, in fear, or in hate. Did you hear those terms? Doubt and fear and hate. But look what Paul does in 1 Corinthians 13. Paul says, no, not the negatives. Here are the positives. And all the positives proceed not from those negatives that we've been talking about, but from faith, hope, and love. These are to be applied individually. They are to be characteristic of the congregation. What kind of reputation will I have? What kind of reputation will you have? What kind of reputation will the congregation have? I would like for us to be like a congregation that I know of in another state that did a lot of good work, used a van that they would carry furniture in to help people in need, identified themselves as the Church of Christ, dealers in faith, hope, and love. May we be dealers in faith, hope, and love. It begins with me. It begins with you. As we close today, we encourage you to think about your relationship with the Lord. If you've never come to Christ and been baptized into Christ, what a great way to begin a new year and to begin a new life. Whatever your need might be, you're encouraged to accept the invitation while together we stand and sing.